log, star date 7403.6. Pretending to do a captain's log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vendorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter? Ah, boo. Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years! Time to take this puppy off its leash! Warp me! Hello and welcome to Drawn to Trek. We are today pouring over the Comic-Con <laughs> panels from Comic-Con at home. Uh, we have been, we, this morning, you know, got up. I had internet problems because of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all do. We all do. you yes. know it it happens to everybody. I swear. I swear this is just this one time. It never mm-hmm. happens again. Yeah. 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 This is like it was like geek Christmas, you know, where you're just like you're, I didn't sleep. That's why I have like 4 hours of my brain is sort of like fog. Uh get up. I'm just but no, but I was so excited and we got to see we got to see a trailer for Prodigy, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. and we got another like two-minute trailer for Lower Decks with just a ton of stuff in it. So I am so excited about to talk about that. And joining me today is Jesse Gender. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, we. Because we we've been talking about before we started recording this, and, and we may have recorded a couple intros already. Just a, just a few, just, just a few. Yeah. It, it's not like I need to take fifty different you know intros before I finally get it right. You know, that's fine. Five take gender. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my gender. Five takes. My gender is officially five take genders. There it is. Uh, love it, love it, love it. So yes, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, no. So we are. <laughs> Now I'm your just face like, is your face is all red. It's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. Totally flustered. <laughs> it's uh. great. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, so we are are just gonna dive in. I think we're gonna start with Prodigy because uh, yeah, yeah. normally Darren Moser would be joining us for Prodigy. Uh, he is in the middle of a project, and it since we haven't really officially started Prodigy yet, I, mm. you know, he said feel free to dr- jump in and and just take a, a, a you're stuck pass with at me. it. You're stuck. You're stuck <laughs> with me with Prodigy. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I think it's. I'm just excited for both of these things. Like just watching Prodigy is just mm-hmm. beautiful. I mean, honestly, like I, I was saying, I said this in our like sort of premiere episode where it was like introducing me, but also um, like watching this. And I also said this on Twitter. It's I like Discovery. I like Picard. I'm very excited for Strange New Worlds. But I also feel like between Prodigy and Lower Decks, like animated Star Trek is like really like giving me everything that I want from Star Trek. Like the other shows I love and I'm excited for, I love my live action Star Trek, but like from what I personally like about Star Trek, both Prodigy and Lower Decks are doing the two things that I really want. So it, yeah, it feels like there's a, a real sense of the utopian vision and that sort of just positive future. And not, Mm -hmm. not that the other ones aren't, but there's something with animation, especially if you're going to aim it towards children, at least mm-hmm. with Prodigy and stuff, you're not going to be totally dystopian, even though that kind of is sort of the general teen, uh, you know, novel direction of things right now. So Yeah, yeah. And something that they, like, they leaned into in the panel, and they were talking about in the panel, um, which, by the way, the panel had, like, Jerry O'Connell from Lower Decks, he was hosting it, and then you had like, yeah. Kate Mulgrew, and then most of the cast and the creators as well um, in there. They really kind of leaned into this idea that 
you know, these are people who aren't Starfleet. They're they're like civilians, yep. sort of like seeing a different side of things. And that's something that I've wanted in Star Trek for forever. And yes, yeah. this is like most of them are kids. And not that that's a bad thing, or bad or good thing. I mean, I love kid shows like Shira, Kipo, and the Age of the Wonder Beast. Like those shows are my. I love those shows yeah. so much. And this very Kipo feels very great. much. Yeah, this feels very much in in line with that type of storyline where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, kids. It's made for kids, and it's made for kids to enjoy them. But like the stories are in depth. They're complex. They're they can adults can enjoy them. So there's that element of it too but i'm just like very excited about the fact that like this is going to be a civilian look at the star trek universe like Mm -hmm. these they're not part of the federation it looks like they're delta quadrant people like finding a federation ship and going off into the delta quadrant and doing whatever um but it's like i i'm I'm so excited to finally see a star trek show that's like not starfleet focused like i love starfleet like look at me i'm wearing my lower decks uniform (laughs) but it's like i i just want to see that perspective on the star trek universe like a different perspective that isn't like pseudo military Terry focus. Not that yeah. again. The the discussion of Starfleet's military is long going, but like <laughs> we could have still... that as a separate podcast on its own. <laughs> exactly, but it is like a very specific mindset and very regimented. And yeah. I kind of want to just see what the Star Trek universe is beyond that. And we don't really get that perspective often, and so Prodigy is showing me that, and I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what the kind of the natural shakeout of how these people work together, because mm-hmm. you know. Will it kind of default back to Captain Janeway and being the captain, and then these people all have the role as an engineer or a science officer or whatever? Mm -hmm. Or will it be a little bit more kind of natural and organic? And it'd be really interesting to see, like, you know, they they don't know anything about that sort of uh, structure. And it also feels just by the trailer that they also might have been pretty much kind of detained their entire life, maybe doing mining or something like that. It feels like they're, they've yeah. at least been captured at some point. So Yeah, or like this is like the life that like you're always going to live, like like kind of like a, uh, like a, not, Hunger Games is it's probably not as dystopian as that, but more yeah. just like this is the society you live in, we're never going to reach right. for more sort of thing probably. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. sort of have a chance to escape. Also speaking to you, like something they mentioned during the panel, like they mentioned the, uh, what is it, Rock Talk or the, the rock monster character yes. who is like mm-hmm. has the like very cutesy, like they have yeah. a, actual kid but, playing the rock monster yeah. which is wonderful um and she she's just she seems very very well spoken for, for uh like, riley uh al Zarak, Some, something like yeah. that yeah i'm horrible yeah. with names <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like hearing her uh hearing that like they they mentioned like oh when they get on the ship that's like very much like oh they think the rock monster is going to be their security officer and then clearly like it's also like the rock monster is like the adorable like i like animals i'm really yeah. soft i really like science so it seems like there might be setting up like oh they're going to try to build like a pseudo starfleet they find the ship they find the janeway hologram mm-hmm. and she's like you need to be starfleet crew members you need to, there's these yeah. roles and so they start to fit that but then realize like no that doesn't exactly fit so i'm assuming there'll be like a pseudo starfleet-esque structure but kind of they'll be breaking it down it'll be it'll be like a commentary on starfleet structure and being like yeah we want to be like starfleet but our own weird mismatched crew kind of way I, and I love just the the idea of of rock talk like like liking animals much as I can just see holding a kitten or something like that just as yeah. tiny look at uh, and and I think uh, Kate Mulgrew pointed out you know the the kind of dissonance between the the animatic and the the voice and stuff I just, I really mm-hmm. like that and like, she asked it's I think if great. you know was that a conscious decision I'm like well yes of course it was uh <laughs> yeah well see this is the thing with kmel grow like no matter what even if it's like an obvious question she makes it sound so yeah. deep just yeah. with her voice I like, oh, like yeah that's a very thought yes yes <laughs> I, I feel like she's a teacher that never like stops teaching it's got that, yeah, that sort of yeah. feel to her like wherever you meet her she's gonna like lecture you on not bad <laughs> exactly. but just it's like you know i'm gonna yeah 
But it's uh, like I, she could be asking like, "What do you want for what do you want for like dinner?" Or like, yeah. so it's like, "Do you want to go out to McDonald's for dinner?" It's like, yeah. uh, "Yes, it's uh, you're so thoughtful about that." Like, "Oh, McDonald's, all the yeah, like just weird stuff." Yeah, golden arches. No. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what what else did I want to say? Like the ship, by the way, the ship. Oh looks, yes, I, I know you had you had that image of it, but like the ship looks really really cool that they find. Um, yes, yeah, the, the USS Protostar, uh, NX76884, and the registry actually does have a hidden meaning. The producer, Aaron Waltke, was born August 8th, 1984, so that's the 884 part of the oh, NX76884. Nice. Oh, that's smart. I like that. It's also NX yeah. class, which is interesting, yes. not NCC. Well, my guess, oh, and you, you can see in this photo, I love that you can see the le- the foot that's holding it up, and it's that same oh, yeah. kind of metal foot that Voyager has when it lands. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, got, yeah. So that's yeah. It, cool. it very much looks like a mix of Voyager meets the Enterprise E slash F from online. Like it feels or like a Nova a, class like, or something. Even yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's funny because I was we, we were talking about this earlier. I I was doing a a, a, a ship design and I'm I'm practicing because I want to eventually one day do some ship design for uh, Star Trek Online or something like that. And it is really similar because I took it and put it in the exact same time period this is so i'm very happy that i actually like oh okay i did pull the right pieces out but now i think i have to yeah. redesign mine because it's a little too close well, did they did they announce what did they announce what this was going where this was set is it 24th century or 25th century they they had mentioned and i don't know if it because i know that sometimes they like to throw people off but it was i think like two or three years before lower decks or after oh, lower decks. Okay, but it's okay, around okay. that time period Hey there, Aaron from the future. It takes place in 2383, which is about three years after the last episode of season one of Star Trek Lower Decks. So I'm guessing that this is a prototype ship that somehow got to the Delta Quadrant very fast or Mm -hmm. something like that and maybe crashed or maybe it was a transwarp ship or i don't know yeah some probably something like that something it's quantum like slips stream because that was something yeah 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 screwing with at the end of voyager there yep and so. yet it has regular warp drive because in, in the end of the trailer you can see there in the this massive bridge i love the bridge it's just yeah like the bridge looked really all cool. window <laughs> it's like yeah uh the very Elkars, much putting in like the, the discovery inspired i think yeah. yes definitely uh but even more so it feels like mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's something it wraps around. It's very cool looking. Uh, but their L cars had like the traditional warp field mm-hmm. diagram on it. So I'm like, okay, so it does oh, have warp okay. drive. Yeah. Another thing is the, um, the person who was doing um, Rock Talk that we were talking about earlier, her father did Rocco from uh, Rocco's Mo- Modern Life. So there's oh, a little shoot. bit of like, you know, family kind of family. Too. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's probably, that's probably why she, that's <laughs> probably why she, yeah, that's probably why she got the job too. Cause she's like, father's like, yeah, you get in there. But it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she seems lovely. And, and I, and it sounds like they're, yeah, they, they all seem to, the other person I want to point to, they, I mean, all of the cast members look wonderful, but um, was it D Bradley Baker, who is probably best yes. known for um, Star everything. Wars. And all, yeah, well, everything, but I think especially, <laughs> right now yeah. he is uh he does all the clone voices in the star wars uh animated shows and and specifically bad batch would be the one i would like point out like he's done them for all of them but bad batch specifically he does like seven or eight different characters with all different voices and he's he's just really good which is i did not even know that like when i first started oh, yeah. watching it i was like oh wait that kind of sounds like the same person and i looked it up i'm like mm-hmm. wow it's all the same people <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. he does a great job like he, he was in clone wars initially but he was doing that but he's also done a bunch of other stuff but that's probably where i mainly know him from um but yeah, no. Hearing him do yeah. the uh, the the alien blob <laughs> thing, like that. Yeah, yeah. it's like wow, that was impressive. Yeah. Just the 
it's funny because I can tell how he's doing it, but there's no way I could make my mouth do it. So I think it's just mm-hmm. really funny mm-hmm. to watch that and just like, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like these liquid noises that sound much better when he does them. Yeah. Um, so Jason uh, Mancudas do as well from just from my favorite from uh, The Good Place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so. Derek? Yeah, Derek. Derek? Yeah, he no, he's he's wonderful, and he's I'm I'm glad he'll finally be in Star Trek because he's he's always lovely. I think he was also wasn't he also just in Invincible recently too? Um, I think so. Yeah, he was he was a character that he he's he's lovely, and also during the panel he was hysterical. Like I'll, yes. I should mention, like if you haven't if you're listening to this podcast and have not watched the panel, like the lower decks, like both panels were fantastic, but specifically the panel itself. This is just like a fun little thing. Jerry O'Connell was hosting it, but it looked like uh, at one point um, apparently his wife, who is Rebecca Romaine, who plays number one on Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. she walked in and was apparently rehearsing with Ethan Peck, who plays Spock on that show. So they just yes. like come in, and you see um you see Jerry O'Connell get like all flustered. And he calls Janeway. He calls Vice Lieutenant. Lieutenant, and she gets <laughs> no. all pissy about it. It was it was the most hilarious and adorable yeah. thing because they were just all giving each other crap. And Ethan Pecker and Becker Main are just like, "What are we walk into right now?" <laughs> I just love it. She's like, "It's called Lower Decks." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're prodigy. I think you can see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It was so fun. It was yeah. They 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 all seem to clearly have a good rapport together, and it's, it's yeah. it, it, that's the stuff like that. I mean. I, we don't want to get too off track here, but like that's why I love uh, Star Trek in general, but especially like this modern era of Star Trek is they all just seem like really lovely people who like just enjoy ribbing each other and enjoy being yeah. this company. And yeah, I think I noticed that the Discovery crew was the first when I it was like, oh, there is literally no sign of any of like because if you want read about Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek Star history, Trek, Star, Star Trek, Trek history. History. If you read the Star Trek history, um, <laughs> it turns out some of them didn't get along with each other. It's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. I feel that... like next generation, like next generation onwards, they all really yeah. seem to like coalesce into a family. Yeah. Like, and it seems like the family in TNG maybe didn't happen quite as fast as Discovery. Like Discovery seemed to like it, out of the box. They were just like mm-hmm. really good friends. I think some of it had to do with just their background and their training and just the way modern creative work is done compared to even what it was done in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I think there's more of a like, Hey, people are human. We need to treat them as such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. What, what a weird, what a weird I know. thought. Crazy. <laughs> uh, so it was just fun to see them. And just now watching every other cast so far, everybody mm-hmm. seems to just really, you know, I'm sure not everybody gets along all the time, but uh, I just love that there's a sense of camaraderie and they like Star Trek. There's not mm-hmm. this sort of like, I'm doing this for a job. You know, yeah. this is like, no, I really enjoy this content. Yeah. And that's just, that's just part of why I like this modern era. And I mean, like, I think you get that all the sense in like all the shows from next generation onwards. And even in the original series, I think there's like, like yeah. Leonard Nimoy seemed to be like a really wonderful human and, and care about like George Takei and others and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I think like next generation onwards, that sense of like family um, behind the scenes is, is like really a core part of it and just seems lovely. Um, and I, I like seeing that here. So that, that was just really nice to see on that. And it was just a good time. And yeah, Jason just started like giving all, all of them crap too. It was like, all right, he's like lowered. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Wasn't there something else about like it's like I I insisted that I be the only one live action and everything else yeah, is animated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I I'm very much looking forward to Prodigy. Like yeah. this this show, you know, it's, it's still hard to like kind of get a gauge on it. But like judging by their the showrunner's previous work on like Troll Hunters or whatever mm-hmm. I think it was called, I, I've seen a few episodes of that. And then like comparing to like other modern kid shows today, like like I mentioned, like Shira and Kipo, which I feel like. Mm-hmm 
honestly, to be fairly honest with you, I re- those are some of my favorite shows because they really are able to kind of push the envelope in ways that I feel like adult shows aren't as much, like the live action yeah. shows, because they have to kind of be like more quote-unquote mass audience quote-unquote like more like less risky sort of thing so i really feel like prodigy like has the ability to tell us like big expansive storylines and really say something meaningful and and really different um because it is speaking to kids rather than adults who and and have less preconceived notions of what star trek has to be and i like that the uh the hegeman brothers mentioned that uh it is canon so mm-hmm. I like that they subtly sort of worked it in there as, as, as somebody who has worked on the original anime not worked wow that's so weird I did not I worked on the book about the original animated series I know enough that like that's always been just a contentious thing with fans like there is or it isn't fan it's always been canon but whatever mm-hmm. um, and just the fact that they're able to now say this with some sort of certainty and put it in there and mm-hmm. and and the, it's also good to know that they're not then just going to veer off and do something that completely wrecks something else. So there's, I mean, I mean, and but I mean, even if they even if they did, that's like not outside the realm of Star Trek either. <laughs> right? Like, Star Trek, Star Trek is like the warp. Like so many things are inconsistent throughout Star Trek. Like, yes. like the next generation, there's the episode where like the guy travels back in time. He's like, I'm a historian from the future, and Picard's like. The Federation would never do that sort of thing, and but in the original series, there's a whole episode where Kirk goes back in time to study the history. It's like, yeah, it's always wildly inconsistent. So, and they did well. That, they did that in the animated series. So that's how the whole thing with yesteryear happened. Is that they mm-hmm. were back studying Orion at the dawn of, of civilization, and it was just like, or Orion, yeah. if you want to pronounce it however they do later. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's, it's all it's all wibbly yeah. wobbly timey wimey. Yeah. The reason the way I just always explain it, it's like, oh, the temporal wars just happened yes. and screwed things up. So yeah, there you go. It makes sense. I and mean, that's yeah. why the maybe the ships in Enterprise look different than you might have expected if you're yeah. like doing that in the seventies or something. And literally, literally anyone says like, Well, this canon contradicts this canon, it's like, well, temporal wars. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Temple Temple Wars change stuff. I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna talk about. <laughs> it's always looked like that. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What, I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we should move on to Lower Decks. Yeah, I think so. Um trying to think. Of that. I think that pretty much wraps up uh, Prodigy. Unless you had uh, anything else you wanted to say. I, I, I'm I, just looking forward. Oh, one oh, other thing I do. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, we both oh, seem to have something. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice a voice in the beginning of the trailer where he's saying, it's like, uh, it's like you will never get out of here or whatever. Mm. That, that sounded an awful lot like J.G. Hertzler. No one shall escape. And I don't know if it is, but it did sound like it. Yeah, well, he was we in have Lower a, Deck, so... Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And we have a, a celebrity voice in the... Uh, or a, a familiar Star Trek voice in the next... In the Lower Decks trailer, mm-hmm. too, so... Yeah, well, J.G. Hertzler would... would I mean, he's he's he was in Lower Decks, and for those of you who don't know, he was a character in Lower Decks, but he's also most known for playing Martok over on Deep Space Nine. And also, did he play... I feel like he played something else at some point, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I know Martek is his big claim to fame within Star Trek, but I feel like he did one other thing, but I don't I remember. I do too, and I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron from the future again. J.G. Hertzler played not only Martok on Deep Space Nine and the Drukmani captain on Lower Decks, but on Deep Space Nine he played a Vulcan captain in Emissary, Roy Rittenhouse in Far Beyond the Stars, Laws in Chimera, and a Holosuite guest in What You Leave Behind. In Voyager, he played a Herosian fighter, and in Enterprise, he played Kolos in Judgment and a Klingon captain in Borderland.
Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it was like something random, but um, it might have even been another Klingon because sometimes they double up. Um, but yeah, no, he like he he was great. Um, so yeah, that it might be the case. That might be the case. So that'd be kind of fun. Oh, my my thing that I wanted to just mention, just speaking from an LGBTQ perspective, mm. oh, yeah. um, and, and like a trans perspective, they had the 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 sort of character of Zero, I think was the name of the character, which would be interesting because they mentioned that the that Zero is uh was a Medusin, I believe. Medusin, right? yep, from yep. the original series, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And also uh that they're genderless, which is cool. Like I like seeing genderless like characters and it makes sense like it makes sense like robots wouldn't necessarily have a thing of gender especially if they're from an well, they're species a, a and not a human species glowing yeah. like they're the energy being so yeah yeah i just my my only concern always with that sort of thing is like it makes sense i'm here for it but it's like oh seeing non-binary only as alien metaphor again which finally they started to get past in discovery and again it's like it's not that i'm upset about it or like i think it's a bad thing or that it doesn't make sense within the universe totally does it's just sort yeah. of like we need more literal interpretations, not just alien interpretations of non-binary people. Yeah, it's like the uh, bisexuality in Loki. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's there, it's theoretically, but you just defaulted back to a male-female relationship. You know, mm-hmm. like, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, not to say that that not to say that it erases someone's bisexuality if they're in no, a but it's a, it's a complicated conversation. It's right. something that like Disney is able to be like, yay, we did our yeah, bisexual representation yeah. without like actually having that where they could like. Uh, technically say like oh but like hide it for our, like other audiences and things. it like feels that. like fence sitting or like you know, mm-hmm, just sort of like mm-hmm. i get it but at the same time it's like okay it's it's a it's one of those like complicated intersecting conversations like by erasure by phobia but also like representation and needing to be like clear about representation as well so it's a complicated thing and then within this it's the same exact thing it's like within this makes sense totally fine and like i'm not i'm not condemning the show or saying it's a bad thing it's like it makes sense the character makes sense i'm sure i will love the character it's just one of those things that just makes me think of like this is great i just personally I, we need to see more non-binary literal representation which discovery is doing which i'm yeah. appreciative so at least well, it's yeah. not at least it's not a problem with the franchise overall right so yeah well should we move on to lower decks Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Lower decks. Lower, lower decks. decks. Lower <laughs> decks. Uh, all right. Yeah. I I I am so pumped for this show. I yes. I I cannot tell you how how excited this trailer. Made Wait, me. you're you're wearing your your uh, lower decks uniform. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing my lower decks bounding, basically like Disney bounding, where people dress up <laughs> yeah. kind of like Snow White or whatever when they go to Disneyland. I found this polo online, and it looks like a short sleeve slightly altered version of a science uniform i love it i I had to get this so it's so perfect yeah i absolutely love it yeah no i this show like looking at this trailer like i am there's so like we could talk probably for hours about this like two minute (laughs) thing alone yeah um but I think the big thing to like, I think just to get it out of the way first is like they have Robert Duncan McNeil back as Tom Paris on a Tom Paris commemorative plate, <laughs> which looks like such the best and weirdest way to bring Tom Paris back. Well, we saw a commemorative plate at the end of season one. In, exactly, uh, it was Boimler's room. room. Yeah. So I was like, it, it probably they had already started working on the script for season two. Um, my, that's my guess. Yeah. They probably already started working on the script for season two while the animators are finishing up animation of season one. So like, oh yeah, slip up, slip the plate. Because I remember watching yeah. it up, so I'm like, why the hell does Boimler have a plate in his yeah. in his like back? 
<laughs> yeah. So if you're so if you're watching the video version, we've just popped up a picture of the Tom Paris plate, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be referencing the uh, the the Janeway uh, the the commemorative plates that in the '90s. And actually, um, yeah. I don't know if you saw, but um, Mike McMahon was tweeting about it uh, after afterwards on Twitter just a little bit ago, and he was saying like the reason they um, they did this because he always found the commemorative plates like super weird, and was just yeah. like we need to reference this. So and now they're actually selling it too. Yeah, you can, buy, you can, you they, can pre-order you can, it or pre-alert yeah. yourself for Pre, it. Yeah, alert yourself for the pre-orders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's two or three steps before you get the plate. But yeah, yeah no, it, it's it's funny because I had friends who, they, everybody who's like so into Star Trek that were just like, I can't really afford my rent, but I bought a plate that I'll never eat off of. You know, I just I was always found that really weird. And they're, they weren't exactly the most... I don't know. The pictures weren't great on them either. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I really want to put this on my wall. So yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I love that. And he's in the uh, Jeffrey's tube, and it's like, thanks, Tom Paris. He goes, well, I'm a little concerned about the uh, <laughs> what is it, the fumes in here, because you are talking to a plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. And it's it's just it's just like the perfect lower decks weird way to like bring in these characters without it making yeah. it seem like because the 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 issue that they could get into is like. Oh, the making these uh, making these characters like too important and too much like oh they run into these characters like we've already run into Riker at the end of season one so it's like I don't I don't necess- like I believe me I love my references to different things but it's like they run into Q they run into Riker and it's like they could end up being like oh we're gonna run into all the greatest hits of these characters and kind of limit the universe and so like having Tom Paris like show up as like weird hallucination commemorative plates at least like justifies like why we're seeing him without it being like oh we're running into everybody you know right. Yeah, you don't want to make the universe feel like there's like twelve people in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there was a mystery science theater at one point. It had uh, Mike Nelson playing Captain Janeway for like a, a short time. I think I showed that to you at one point. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, re- I'm responsible for the lives of 148 people on this ship, 144 of which we never see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels yep. like. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, but like the humor, yes. in this, this humor in this trailer was so good. I the best bit would like they're like it's so wonderful, like awe inspiring, and then the the ship warps away. It's like oh, <laughs> yeah. they left us. Uh, how much air do we have? A lot, a little ballpark. Ballpark, yeah, yeah. Just the whole idea. It's like you know, no matter what deck you're, you're on, it's like we're all in this together. And then the ship takes off. It's like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looked like they were oh, on like some sort of maybe observation satellite or something like mm-hmm. that. They're looking at some sort of stellar phenomena. So yeah, that's yeah. great. My favorite one was just the skin one, where it's just like we ha- we can do it if we believe in our like not here but up here, and then um, Rutherford's like our skin, and then he's like no 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 our brains oh yeah it's skin- brains inside our skin yeah yeah it was just <laughs> which so is good. not even right either which is weird yeah <laughs> the 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 delivery like just Rutherford's like over enthusiasm for that was just so wonderful it I can feel like the improv background in that sort of like just the way that felt mm. was like I could totally see that happening on stage just randomly yeah. well knowing that they the way they the way they record it like Michael Mann's talking about it they do a lot of improv in the booth so some of it might have been in actual mm-hmm. improvisation instead of actual lines so it could be yeah I would love to find out what, what kind percentage? of belt. yeah it would be interesting because I know they've said that in some shows and you find out it's like a line has been improvised like on Voyager with mm-hmm. the doctor like he mm-hmm. it's like you're you're breathing on my neck it's like it's like well my breath is holographic well so is my neck stop it you know yeah. like that was improvised but that had to be then 
written a down and to, yeah and there was just like so it was improvised d- delayed and then redone so but yeah yeah i remember i remember reading um like a star trek uh i have a star trek voyager celebration book um in in the other room that i was reading and they were talking like ethan phillips said he never improvised because he tried to do it once and they had to like he tried to do it one time and they had to like call the writer's office get it approved and get it like a whole thing when he just for like something he thought he would do on set and he's like after that i was like never gonna do that again so yeah, i feel like all the older tracks are very much like, no, you do what the writers say. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Um, whereas That's this, hilarious. it seems like a little bit more like, yeah, a little bit more free flowing. So yeah, at least on lower decks. I don't know about discovery and Picard, but true. Yeah. Uh, I, this, it was two minutes of just hilarity. And I just love the fact that we, we got another, uh, original animated series reference. The Pandro, uh, was a planet where they had this character named Bem. He was from Bem is a colony creature, which means that he can break apart into different pieces and, his head floats somehow, uh, <laughs> along with other things. <laughs> it's like yeah. so. If you're, um, and so we have a Pandro- uh, Pandorian, uh, Pandronian, I guess it would be. Um, Pan- Pan- pandemonium. Pandemonium. Yes, exactly. Well, it's funny because she's like, you know, hello, Cerritos. She was doing like some sort of like welcome, almost like a. a a speech it's or like, you know. it was like feel it has very much like the uh the like seminar energy like coming yeah. to the se- yeah mm-hmm. yeah and everybody looked very thrilled except for mariner who was just like mm-hmm. kind of crossing her arms and looking like annoyed yeah it feel it feels very like uh, that scene feels oh my god that image right there i remember yeah. that episode it's so weird um but I, yeah i just i feel like it's very much uh that like seminar and she's like all right everyone it's time to attend the seminar they're coming on the ship you need to go everyone needs to attend that sort of thing yeah uh yeah I, i'm really curious to see what that it, it kind of you can tell from the three or from the the um trailer you kind of have three episode i think feels like pieces of them because there's there's mm-hmm. something where uh tendy and mariner are in a shuttlecraft where the one she, she goes ramming speed <laughs> yeah uh, you can see in the back there's sort of like a crate with some broken shards of pottery or a tablet or something like that mm-hmm. and then later they are in a bar with a bunch of Nausicans, uh and that, yeah. that that space pool table um and you know he, he mariner's giving this speech to the Nausicans, like starfleet is always you know we always do this and then she's she goes latinum and throws like the <laughs> yeah says, run tendy run <laughs> so and, and tendy had those tablets at the same time so i'm assuming that there it's either one you episode or we're gonna bits and bits, but yeah we're it's like I think it's probably going to be like two, probably the first two or three episodes, and, and yeah. maybe like an emerge or two from other ones. But the first that makes three. sense. And yeah. what what I like about that though is like we're starting like we see it with um with um Rutherford and Boimler are hanging out together at the end with that skin bit, and then Tammy mm-hmm. and Mariner hanging out. So it's like I'm liking that they're kind of breaking up the duos a little bit. <laughs> and we had literally had that conversation a couple a couple days ago, so that's kind of yeah funny. yeah it was because like yeah they very much like just did for season one it was very much Moimler Mariner Boimler. Boimler. Ooh, <laughs> Boimler. that's their ship name. Their ship name, but Boimler. Mariner and then Tendi and Rutherford. So I'm liking that they're kind of breaking up the the duos a little bit. Kind of oh, you're you're talking about like the maybe the one image from something else. We also have uh, Boimler as a Borg or Borgler. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Bor- yeah, Borgler. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like one where he's like his the red eye and everything. So mm-hmm. it could be a dream sequence. Who knows? But I thought that yeah. was kind of funny. And they're also fighting the right after that is the crystalline entity. Hmm. So there are. I love the, like just the little bits and pieces. Uh, there was something from that first. I don't know if it was a, it was the trailer before the 15 second one. Like the, we've gotten bits and pieces of this all along the way. So it was one, yeah. or it was a screen, no, it must've been a screenshot or something like that, where it looked like they were in a museum. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it turns out that this actually is a museum because when we're looking at it, um, let me pull that up. If you're watching the video, there is a bunch of stuff in there that 
uh, we kind of recognize uh, there is the Picard's, Picard's painting from point. Is it point of view? No, that's not right. Uh, no, matter of perspective. Right? Matter of perspective. Uh, point of view, yeah. matter of perspective, whatever. Same thing. Same, same difference. No. <laughs> where, where Data basically just gives him a lot of grief for the, mm-hmm. the bad choices that he made. Um, we've got some uh, Klingon and Vulcan weaponry hanging up on the wall. There is a video game, which I don't think anybody's really pointed out before, is behind um, uh, Rutherford. Did. Yeah, it doesn't have any branding on it, but it's a console video game, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Uh, and then kind of on the next scene, there's a trumpet, which we were talking about. Maybe that's sort of an allusion uh, to Riker. or Riker, yeah, yeah. Probably. And then there's these red shoes underneath the kind of look like the one shoe that Boimler had on when he was trying to be all sexy in uh, Cupid's Air and Arrow. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like, maybe these are shoes of whoever that person was that, that the computer was like, like, oh, this person's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. But it's kind of funny that like there's just so much detail put into these, but the detail, when you look at them, they're, they're drawn very simply. Everything is like, but there's a lot of detail at the same time. It's a very weird. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a really good, the animation, they put they do a really good job with the animation style there. Um, what was the other, oh, the, the one that was interesting to me was uh, the free cloud. Uh, yep. that, speaking of devil, did you pull it yep. right? <laughs> yeah, that's um, <laughs> What I liked about this, though, is it's like it means that they're referencing stuff that they've established within modern Trek, and it's not yes. just all going to be like next generation exactly. new Voyager stuff. So if you watch Picard and you have never seen any of the past Star Trek, and then you watch, uh, you know, Lower Decks, okay, you're going to see something that you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that that's really cool. And I mean, we saw some of that in Discovery, which spoilers for some of Discovery and Picard, not a major one, but we saw the Kuat Malat from yep. Picard show up in Discovery. And so yes. I like I like that it's not just all like past star trek stuff yeah it's like there are they are starting to have conversations between the writers rooms of each of these shows and like actually in dressing each other and intermingling which i think is really cool it's not just nostalgia mm-hmm. it's you know mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're proving that they can do that build with... a universe yeah, yeah. exactly because i know that that was sort of you know the people online <laughs> everybody has all sorts of opinions but the opinion of like oh this is fun but only if you know these things like if you do mm-hmm. if you aren't immersed in the 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 world of star trek like some of us are it's not going to be funny to you but mm-hmm. now they're establishing things beyond that and i think it is funny just in general just the things that they get in the the pace yeah. of the show and the, what they do and like their their situations are funny but, and I also, yeah. I've, I've also come around on that, like, because that was something that I was saying even in my reviews of very much like, oh, this, like, I feel like a lot of these jokes are, like, just for us and, like, not for people who are just, like, maybe jumping into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I actually have come around on that. I think that it is, like, it's nice to hear references to, like, the Crusher having sex with a candle um, <laughs> in, in uh, Veritas, like, episodes last season. But, like, or 50 I foot also... Spock. <laughs> exactly, exactly, which was one of my personal favorites, because that yeah. means that that's, there's, there literally is a 50 foot Spock in canon somewhere. Um... <laughs> But uh, but also, I showed Lower Decks to a friend of mine who, like, she had seen Discovery and some of the Kelvin movies, but she hadn't really watched anything else. And she, watching Lower Decks, like, she liked Discovery. She liked the Kelvin movies. She was mm-hmm. enjoying watching all of that. But, like, Lower Decks was the one, like, hearing all those references. And, like, when we got done watching it, I would be like, and that was referencing this and this and that and that and that. And that excitement kind of got her excited to well, now to the point where she's watching Deep Space Nine. Oh, nice. Um, and so, like, I feel like I've kind of come about on that where it's like, yes, I feel like it is very insular, but I feel like it gets people curious about what those references are. I feel it could be a turnoff to some people, but I feel like for some, it's a, it's a way to be like, oh, this is cool. I'm kind of, I want to know more about this. 
it's almost like when you watch a spinoff of another show and you never saw the original mm-hmm. and then you go back and watch that and you're like, oh, that was what the, the and mm-hmm. whatever you saw before now just has that much extra layer of meaning to it. So Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the characters and the situations of Lower Decks are strong enough on their own. Yeah. Like if you took out all the references, it still mm-hmm. would have a good bones of a good story. So I feel like, I feel like that, like the show is strong, like it's one of those, like it has to be a show that's strong enough that stands on its own without the Easter eggs and the Easter eggs become like a nice additional thing. And I think the show proves that at least the first season did so no uh there was also what was oh um at one point uh this monster kind of burst through the uh like the the the, not their bar but their their uh 10 for yeah does it have a name yeah Yeah, whatever yeah i I think i think it might have referenced it in one episode but it's like the 10 forward basically yeah so um and i believe that it is must be tendy like mutated into something because it's it's like this this giant green um scorpion basically Mm. uh but the hairstyle (laughs) it's like it has hair and it's got like multiple eyes but then tendy's little swoop so i love that Mm -hmm. and yeah that's clearly a mutated tendy there yeah and in that same uh, thing, there's a person with my friends has a hot dog and fries, and the fry <laughs> container has a Starfleet logo on it. Lovely, lovely. I wonder if that is. I wonder if Discovery did that because Discovery had the burger scene with. Uh, mm-hmm. Did that? Did was I? Have well, they had the popcorn. That. They had the popcorn uh, bucket that had the logo. Oh on yeah. It. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if the because they had tacos that were sitting inside of like. Wasn't it like a hat, and then it was like inside of just like little, those yeah, maybe, little yeah. stands or whatever? I don't know if it had anything. And then I did this as a joke, so I did the, <laughs> the uh, yep. French fries with the the. If you overlap the deltas, you get sort of the McDonald's M. Golden arch. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's because uh, I, I tweeted. I said, you know, it's like, oh, I love Starfleet branding, <laughs> and John Van Sitters, who does all of the marketing, who's now like vice president of Star Trek, he responded, "So do I." <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Um, what, what else there? Were, oh, we didn't even mention the, um, was the Tamaranian? Yeah. yeah. The, t- the Tamarian or Tamarian. Yeah. I forget what we said. Yeah. Tamarian, Tamarian, potato, potato. It's fun. Yeah. There needs um, to be a Star Trek version of that song. We said that at one point with like, yeah. you Tamarian, say Tamarian, 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 I yeah. say Tamarian, you say Orion, I, I say, say Orion. Orion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we might have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be good. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so apparently if, spoilers for lower deck season one. But the at the the season finale of season one, the uh, Bajoran first officer, or sorry, security officer dies, and so clearly we need a new security officer. And they announced that the Tamaranian is going to be the new security officer, which is awesome. That's such an awesome choice. I love the idea of a, a security officer you can't really understand. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, the Tamaranians are the the alien species from the episode Darmok, um, way way back in Next Generation, which is Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. They're like they speak the, in the, metaphor. Exactly, exactly. But if you don't, it's 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 actually a really interesting reflection on Lower Decks from the conversation we just had, because you and I can speak in Lower Deck Easter eggs, but mm-hmm. other people might not be able to. I kind of feel like the Tamarians are that sort of, like, they're us, to with yeah. other people be like, what are you talking about? What's That a, is you know? so true, yeah. It's like Riker and Picard at yeah. Nepente, you know? <laughs> and if we said that, people who know that, like, that fills in that whole, you know, that basically is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We jokingly said when we first saw the Darmok episode was, it's like people who speak Simpson, you know, mm. in Simpson yeah, metaphor, yeah. like, they'll say, you know, like, D Bart D or something like that. And everybody knows mm-hmm, what that, you mm-hmm. know, um, but yeah, I, I, that was what he comes on the bridge and they, uh, what was, the, <laughs> was I forget his name, but so blah, blah, blah. When the, with the seven United or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
Oh, shoot. I wrote it down. Oh, well. Um, yeah, so it was... Uh, How dare you be unprepared? I, I wrote my own notes, and my notes are like, apparently not in any kind of chronological order whatsoever. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, uh, yes, so he... Um, is it something is like when when the, he joined the seven? Lieutenant Keishon, welcome to the Cerritos. Rapunky, when he joined the seven. And there's yeah. just this crickets and just staring at him like what? So, yeah, yeah. I noticed that it's the wonderful. counselor was on the bridge at the same time. Oh, really? I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and sitting in the the third the, chair like Troy yeah, did in next like Troy, generation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, which uh, played by um um um. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, also hosted the Trek oh. Collective with Tony Newsom. Yes. Uh, uh, wow. What is uh, the pod director? I should say Paul F. Tompkins. There we go. Thank Jesus. you. Um, but but he is he and Tony Newsom. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins and Tawny Newsom uh, host the pod director of the official Star Trek podcast, and they are lovely on that. If you haven't listened to that, yeah. I would highly recommend it. Except for, you know, not as good as our wonderful dynamic. But, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> exactly. But that that podcast is great. And he was also the counselor in the first season of Lower Decks. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, so I just think that that's uh, it's yeah. just cool to see him there and, like, the reference to, number one, having Paul F. Tompkins be in the show more regularly, but also, like, the reference to, like, he's sitting where Troy sat. And it's, like, always weird to me that, like, I mean, I appreciate it. Like, counselors should be more normalized and stuff, but it's just always, like, interesting that the counselors got the third chair on the bridge as opposed to, like, some other uh, position. I think it would be interesting to have um, the doctor, you know, trying to process her grief over, you know, the the loss of... um, Um, Wow. The, the Bajoran first officer. Wow, yes. way to be a jerk. Yeah. We both don't remember. Sorry. Shax. Shax. Shax, like, yeah, yeah. Yes. How could I forget that? Um, I would love to see him or her talk to the counselor. And so you have a cat and a, and a bird, basically. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> that oh, my God. I really like. hope that that's. I hope that that happens. That sounds wonderful. I just get, you know, the feathers fly, basically. <laughs> it's like, stop talking in food metaphors. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The counselor, if you haven't seen the season one, they, they have a, a ship's counselor who is sort of a bird creature um or a bird life form and he speaks in food metaphors like well that's quite mm-hmm. a pickle you got yourself in it's like you know what kind of you know the have you ever made Make a paella yeah, exactly. just making me hungry this whole time uh so yeah i'm i'm just excited for all of this yep and the other thing during the panel too, I should we should mention like we were yeah. talking on the trailer mostly, but the right. panel they like talked about like um jeffrey coombs was also in there yes the, the evil computer coombs. And then we also, um, um, Mike McMahon did say that there was going to be even other like appearances by people um, throughout the Trek franchise beyond Jeffrey Coombs and Robert Duncan McNeil. He didn't he didn't allude to who, but he did say there would be more, which is kind of fun. And I'm not sure if they if this made her like get taken off, but I think at one point they mentioned uh, the the actress who played. Um, she was the science. She, she's the uh, the engineer that got the coffee dumped on her from Picard in. Um, oh. TNG, so, uh, and Sonia and, uh, Gomez. Some, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that that actress was going to come back and do that the same character. Oh, so nice. I'm hoping that's that still a... happens, and because she wasn't supposed to announce that apparently, and I guess did. So yeah. no, she, she. I'm sure. I'm sure they're not that yeah. cruel about it. But yeah, I think that that's awesome because Sonia Gomez is wonderful. I, I, she was a character that they intended to bring back more, but for some, I forget what what reason they didn't bring her back. I, yeah, I thought she was. Every time I talk with an Alexa or a computer or something like, <laughs> that's funny. I did not mute it. Um, it will. Uh, I always think of that line. It's like you know, why not just be nice to technology? Hot chocolate, please. <laughs> we uh, 
We don't ordinarily say please to food dispensers around here. Well, since it's listed as intelligent circuitry, why not? After all, working with so much artificial intelligence can be dehumanizing, right? So why not combat that tendency with a little simple courtesy? Ah, thank you. So every time I, I talk to a, an artificial device, I think of Sonia Gomez. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like, I, I also uh, yeah, just their, I think... ban- their banter on the panel was funny. Yeah. Like uh, Jack Jack Quaid being like, oh, I'm going to talk, I'm going to be playing Superman. And Jerry O'Connell also played Superman. And then Mike McMahon had that joke where he's like, I also play Superman with my wife in bed or whatever. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Very fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much left. I mean, there was, it's funny that we, the amount of, show that we saw was what 30 minutes altogether or something for the entire mm. uh but it always feels like there's so much more to talk about oh i'm sure i'm sure there's a bunch more i could like i'm just like scrolling through here there's like a bunch more you could talk about like the the uh the pack are coming back the, yes the titans coming back we got the, like the weird fighty thing going on here it's it, there's there's a whole bunch i could just the pack would seem to be about. are going to be their main adversary it looks like in lower decks like mm-hmm. we had borg mm-hmm. for tng it feels right that the pack leads are lower decks yeah that feels like a good a yeah. good a recurring villain for them and they were holding for like easter egg time thing they were holding uh Kleon disruptors so yeah. obviously they're continuing they like we just borrow technology mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah I, I just like, love that he's getting shot like boimler's beaming out and gets and as he's doing, it like causes like the the beam to glitch, so he's just yeah. screaming <gasps> like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. I'm, I'm just uh, the humor is going to be wonderful. This show yeah. is this show is really one. I, I I really think Lower Decks is something special. I I'm I'm just so pumped for for season two, which is coming just a little bit. So. And Rutherford was making a Cerritos model, which kind of reminded me of the captain. Oh yeah, you know, like, the, and the, not even both the captain doing the models, but they all they had it with like the little like things that you break off, which is yep. actually the actual models that you can buy today. Mm-hmm. So it's like that you're doing what we're actually we actually do. So that's kind of fun. And I think behind uh, Jack in his office is like some like a giant version of that on the wall. Not mm-hmm. not the Cerritos, mm-hmm. but just model pieces on the those pieces of plastic on the wall. Yeah, kind yeah. of a cool cool uh, decor. Yeah. So. Well, I I don't have anything else to say. I think no, I'm I'm, I'm, ready for, yeah. I'm just ready for it to be here. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So we it'll be uh, August twelfth. Is that right? The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is the Thursday. So in theory, we'll be able to actually record our reaction to that. So you will have it on the thirteenth. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And for that, we're actually going to have uh, everybody. It's going to be you, me, uh, Darren Moser, and John Cooley. Uh-huh. So we'll have uh, the, the yeah. whole the whole crew, and then uh, yeah, then then you and I will be on our own for like nine more episodes, ten ten all together, I think. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much, uh, and we will see you in a couple weeks. And um, don't forget uh, to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever your best podcast is. But also, please give us a rating um, if you that helps us get seen and everything like that. And yeah. if you do leave a review or something, we may read your review on the podcast. Yes, I, I think that might be a good idea. So. And and coming up in the future, those reviews actually might help with another thing that we're doing. So oh, a little oh, little vague oh, posting. Yeah. But not posting really, but <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, right, I guess, it's right. time for me to take a nap after all of the panels. <laughs> me too. So, all right, everybody, uh, love you, everyone. Uh, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute? 